the Atomic Nutrition Podcast. On this show, I'll be diving deep into the world of nutrition coaching, giving you the do's, the don'ts, and the how-tos in running a successful, scalable nutrition program. I'm Erin Hurst, and I can't wait to share what I've learned after over a decade of doing it myself. On today's episode of the Atomic Coaching Podcast, I want to talk a little bit about the six-week challenge. And I think this is one of the things that most gyms have either heard of, and a lot of them have, um, you know, hopped in and and done a six-week challenge, whether it's something that they've um, sourced material from elsewhere, they've done, you know, something of their own, like a paleo or Whole30 challenge. There's a lot of them running around out there, lots of different versions of challenges that you can do. Um, So most gyms have either thought about or have in the past run a six-week challenge internally with their um, current membership. So I kind of want to talk about that today, um, some of the pitfalls and the drawbacks of it, as well as how you can run one really successfully um, and what the markers are for what I would consider a successful six-week challenge because a lot of gyms will run one um, and they'll say, yeah, it was really successful. Like, you know, um, like, great, cool. So how many long-term ongoing nutrition clients did you gain out of that? And then it's crickets. And so um, that's like one of the things I want to talk about today um, because I think it's really they can be one of the most useful tools if done properly. And I'm not sure that um, very many gyms do them in a way that helps um, encourage ongoing nutrition programming. Um, So maybe you haven't run one before because you don't know where to start, or perhaps you've run one, um, but fulfillment was maybe a challenge. Maybe you didn't fulfill super well on it, it kind of fell flat, it fizzled, um, or maybe it went really, really well, but you didn't have a way to sustain um, that coaching afterwards, or you just didn't have the systems in place to continue it. Um, so those are some kind of topics that I want to talk about today. Now, um, if you've run one in the past, you'll know that a lot of times your member's going to be really excited for it. People like a six-week challenge. I think it's one of the things that is really easy to get a member engaged with because you're not asking them to say, hey, join my nutrition coaching program because they're going to think, oh, wow, you know, that's going to be like a three to four month, six month commitment. You know, I really have to be ready to tackle, you know, a full blown nutrition overhaul. And not everybody's excited about that. It's not really sexy. Um, It's really easy to sell a six week program or a six week challenge because it's six weeks, right? Um, And it's kind of a buzzword and it's easy to commit to something like six weeks. So when we do run a six-week challenge, um, one of the big drawbacks I see with gym owners who run them is that they either make them overly strict and complicated um, when it comes to the nutrition aspect of the nutrition component, meaning that, you know, like for your paleo challenge or your Whole30 challenge, I mean, are those great ways to eat for some people? Absolutely. Um, You know, macros, like, great. Um, (laughs) They can all be useful tools. But most people don't need to be cutting out entire macronutrients from their um, their diet. Most people don't need to be going through an entire overhaul of getting rid of everything that they eat. Um, most people can do with just setting up some basic habits for their lifestyle that will help improve their eating habits without doing a crash diet. Um, so that's one of the things that I look for um, and that I teach when it comes to nutri- uh, the nutrition component of a six-week challenge is don't reward um, food behaviors per se. So saying, oh, if you log all your foods this week, you get points for that. Or if you, 
Um, you know, if you don't eat any, you know, eat off of the list or make any mistakes with your food, you get extra points. That's actually really dangerous behavior, um, to incentivize people, um, in around food that way, because if somebody does have an eating disorder, it could very easily trigger those eating disorders, um, or bring up some past issues with food, um, or just really any disordered eating patterns. So it's best to usually stick to, um, to things that aren't, so don't, don't uh, villainize behaviors as it comes to food, because that's, I think, what leads to a lot of these disordered thought patterns around food. So we like to, in terms of um, how we give points out for a challenge when we do structure those points. So we like to give points out for other behaviors like engagement in activities, um, whether or not they're checking in with their coach, how they're showing up to the gym, um, the, we do what we call mini challenges where we issue them like a little challenge around the gym. And then they get to do that. They get points for bringing friends. They get points for, um, I mean, you name it, they get points for a lot of things, but none of them come down to the food aspect of things. Because again, when we take somebody through a six week challenge, um, what we want to do is restructure their thinking around food. Um, and that it's not necessarily food. That's the problem. It's the other habits in their life that make food challenging. So we're going to help them restructure some of the stuff in their life so that the food then becomes easy. Um, so that's kind of the, the primary goal behind when we run a six week challenge, how we do it and why it's so successful. Now, um, a lot of times gyms don't know where to start with this type of stuff, which is why they just don't run the challenge because they're like, I don't know how to, I don't know enough about nutrition to run a challenge. So I'm just going to do like, you know, if I am going to do it, I'm going to throw a paleo thing or a whole 30 and use those structures. But the problem with that is you're just addressing food. You're not really addressing the underlying issues around food, which is kind of why I just brought up the topic beforehand is, um, you know, in terms of giving points out for incentivizing behaviors rather than just food itself. Um, so yeah, so that's usually one of the issues that some, some gyms have is they just don't know, um, where to start or they don't have the systems and maybe that's why they haven't run one before. Um, or if you've run a third party one, um, from like a, a company that helps you structure these things, um, maybe fulfillment was a mess. Like some of the, the ones that I see out from other, um, you know, the, the ones you can buy from other companies, the challenges, one of the issues with them a lot of times is that they're macro based. And I don't personally believe in that macros are the best thing for everybody. I'm not saying that macros don't work. Macros work super well. I mean, everything really does come down to, um, how much you eat. So like the quantity of what you eat, and then also get having a good balanced macronutrient profile. That's obviously really important. We're not going to get away from that, that that is important, but you know, I always say Susie is my avatar. So everything I create, I use Susie as my avatar and Susie is, you know, in her like mid forties to mid fifties, she works in an HR department in an office that has no windows, um, in a cubicle. And, um, she's maybe 50 to 60 pounds overweight and she doesn't exercise. So the way I see it is like Susie does not need to be worried about macros because we don't eat numbers. Okay. We eat food. She needs to be learning how to eat food, not numbers. Um, and so we take the emphasis off of macros, even though what we do give is a balanced, um, plate of food. She doesn't need to worry about the numbers. All she needs to do is, is worry. Okay. We're going to give you about this much to eat. So for example, you're going to eat one cup of broccoli or two cups of broccoli or two fists of broccoli, because now Susie can say, Oh, okay. I don't even like, I don't need to worry about punching numbers into a, some kind of an app that tells me how many grams of everything and how many calories of everything is in my food. She doesn't need to worry about that. That's boring. And she's probably going to fall off the wagon with that. She's not going to stick to that long term. Um, 
Um, but if I teach her how much to eat appropriately based off of using her eyeballs, knowing how much food should be on her plate based off of her sight, um, then she can make better long-term decisions. That's something that she can stick with. And when she does go out to eat, she can make better decisions because she knows, hey, you know, when I'm sitting down, I know I'm going to order chicken and a salad and a side of vegetables and about this is how much I'm going to eat of this avocado and this is how much of my vegetables I need. And this is about how much protein I need based off of my hand. Okay, based off of the size of my palm. So these are very basic ways to teach somebody to eat that don't require a lot of um, fussy like science, if you will. For most people, they don't care about that. Um, and I know sometimes if you're the gym owner listening to this, like you might think that, oh, well, that's super important and everybody cares about that. But you have to remember that you need to put yourself in Susie's shoes, not your shoes. And sometimes we're so far down the other side of the path that we don't even remember what it's like to be in her shoes. And I think that's a really important message to keep in mind is that when you're coaching somebody, you have to put yourself in the position that they're standing. And if you don't even, if you've never stood there or you don't remember what it's like to be Susie, then you really have to sort of um, get to the bottom of what that experience might be. And so we oftentimes we overestimate our clients' abilities in terms of their level of of commitment to their food and to their lifestyle habits. Um, So that's one of the problems with a lot of the programs out there is that they're macro-based. And these macros are not only kind of a nightmare for the client, um, especially if they're just learning about food, but it's also kind of a nightmare for the coach. Because now if you have, say, like a functional fitness gym or a CrossFit gym or something like that, most of your coaches coming in, I'm not saying all of them, this isn't like a blanket statement, but by and large, a lot of CrossFit coaches are not experts on nutrition. Um, they didn't get into CrossFit coaching because they have this burning desire to learn about nutrition. Um, a lot of them don't have the information about nutrition at all. They just know that they eat about the right amount of food. And again, they may be so far down the path of food that they don't even um, know what it's like to not think about macros or to not think about more like higher tier levels of eating. So if you're going to take some of the coaching out of these programs that you've just now purchased and you're going to run and you're going to coach it, you need coaches to coach it. And a lot of times you don't have coaches that are well enough first in macros, or let's say you do have coaches that are well first in macros, they might have their own opinions about it and their own opinions about whether somebody should be eating dairy or not eating dairy or eating bread or not eating bread or eating carbs or not eating carbs or whatever. I mean, you have a lot of opinions out there about food. And so sometimes it can be really challenging to get your coaches on board with also being a nutrition coach. And one of the things we do with Atomic is we teach you not to be a nutrition coach. We actually teach you to be um, like a strategic habit coach. Um, so we're going to help you, um, you know, it, you are going to help your clients or your members implement habits, which then make the food fall into place. So it's actually quite simple, right? Your coaches don't need to be expert nutrition coaches. They just need to have a basic understanding of habit Im- implementation. And I think most people that get into like coaching as a profession, um, they tend to have those skills uh, just inherently. And so this be then becomes programs that we can actually offload onto our coaches, which means that you're not doing the bulk of the work. Um, and I think that's one of the really big things with the sort of six week challenges that are sold, um, you know, in this space is that they require people to be highly knowledgeable about, you know, macros or the science of nutrition. And um, they also likely sell you coaching, um, sell you and your coaches certifications on things like macros, because it's just another additional revenue stream for their business, which is great. But at the end of the day, like, do you actually need that to make really impactful change for your members? 
I'm going to tell you right away, I believe the answer is no. And that's because I've done this with like hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of people at this point. And you don't need to be an expert nutrition coach to get amazing results for your clients. And so um, I think that the premise of how we've approached nutrition for a very long time is flawed. Um, and I think that if we can revisit nutrition coaching from a habit standpoint, I think your clients are going to get better results and you're going to be able to build up <clears throat> a more um, sustainable business out of this because you're going to have the coaches to put in place. Um, so um, it, let's say that you've done this, you've put the challenge in place and you have run a really successful challenge. And let's say that you went as far as doing it habit-based, like we teach it, and it's just absolutely smashed. What now? Um, what now? You do it, and then you weigh everybody out, and you say, good job, rah, rah. Then what? Then nothing? You didn't capitalize on the opportunity to take those members who are just smashing their goals and get them signed up for ongoing long-term commitments like that's a big failure if you haven't done that like you you have to capitalize on the back end of a challenge the only reason to run a challenge in your gym is to use it as a lead leader into a long-term program so if you see the six-week challenge and you're like yeah we're going to run one it's going to be great for our members you're doing them a disservice if you do not offer them ongoing long-term coaching at the end of the challenge because you're going to have 30 to 40% of your membership that joined that challenge take you up on that offer right away. And so if you haven't done that, you need to start doing that now. <laughs> um, never ever run another six-week challenge without having an option for them to continue in the same type of coaching at the end of that challenge. Um, we call this our Ascension model or our Ascend program. And so anytime we run a six-week challenge, we always, always have it built in to where at the end in that last week, we kind of give them like a preview, like, hey guys, you know, we've got something really exciting we're going to share with you at the end of this week. Um, so stay tuned. And we've had a really good time and this has been really great and you've been smashing your goals and we're really excited to, to keep this momentum going. And so you kind of tease them with it at the beginning. And then at the end of that week, as you do your way out, you're going to give them an offer to continue into a longer term version of what they've just experienced. And now granted, what they're experiencing is probably going to change a little bit because there's not like points and they're not earning points for a prize and all of that. But ultimately, the people who are ready and to continue their growth and their personal development, um, they're ready to take that next step. And they're, they're, you know, it's a lot of times they're running to the coach asking, how do we keep this going? I don't want this to end because they're having such a good experience because the coaching we're doing is real change coaching. Um, we're not just giving somebody a new set of macros at the end of this. Like that's boring, low level coaching. Um, and so I think, you know, one of the most important things you can do when you run a six week challenge, the most crucial things you can do is have a continuation offer at the end. Um, put that offer out there. And I guarantee you about, if, as long as it's a good offer, about 30 to 40% of your, your clients who did the challenge will take you up on it. Now you've just taken, you know, if you've got a hundred members in your gym and you've got 15 people, um, doing your challenge, you got 30 to 40% of that now ongoing. And then you run another one, you know, a, a two months from now and another one a few months from that. So I always recommend four to five challenges a year, depending on when you start them. If you start it right in January, you can fit five. Um, otherwise run it every quarter, um, with like a six week break in between. It's amazing. It's your clients will love it 
And, you know, you're going to have your repeat offenders is what I call them that love the challenge. They love to earn the points and be a part of something in the community and the whole like funness factor of a challenge. Um, they're going to participate every single time. And so a part of our Ascension model, um, is we build in free access to those, uh, ongoing programs. That way they still get to participate in those like community aspects of it, but they're also going to stay in that coaching long term. So, um, if there's one big tip I can give you, give for you guys today, it's make sure that if you ever run another six week challenge, if you haven't in the past, make sure that you have a continuation offer at the end of that six week challenge. Um, and remove your focus from the food. Put your focus on habits. We use an app called Coach Catalyst to um, implement all of our programs and we build in content that drops to our clients every day. Our content looks a, um, a little bit different each day. Um, we kind of have themes each week. Um, we talk about a lot of stuff. We talk about uh, mindset, limiting beliefs. We talk about goal setting. Um, we do talk about food um, as how it relates to um, our mindset. Um, but we don't talk a lot about like the nitty gritty of food because it's not really our focus. Our focus is always on those habits and the lifestyle that, that, uh, that how we structure our lives. So those are the two big concepts I would, I would send you away with today. Um, as I wrap up the, this first episode and that's, um, do your six week challenge, create a habit version of it, remove the emphasis off of the, the number, the food numbers, like the macros. Um, you know, it's great if you can give them some direction on food. We have the lean body protocol, which is what we use for all of our gyms. But you know, if you found something that works really well for you, or even if you do want to do some form, form of macros, that's fine. Give them their set of macros, but don't coach them on that per se. Don't have them log their foods in like a MyFitnessPal app and, and go through their food logs and say, oh, I see you ate cookies today, Susie. Like, don't do that. People don't need you to tell them that they shouldn't eat something they already knew they shouldn't eat. Um, coach them on behavior. So help them, help them restructure the way that they think about their behaviors, um, and what they can do successfully and what they struggled with. And then help them implement ways to, um, adjust the things that they struggle with in their life that would make eating food and structuring their food easier. So those are my big takeaways is go habit based and always have an ascension model in place when you run a challenge. Hopefully you guys found that helpful. Um, if you do, uh, if you did find that helpful and you want more information about what I do, you can go to getatomiccoaching.com um, and click the get it started, getting started link to book a call. Um, yeah. And I, I hope that was helpful. I hope that was a good first episode. And um, if you would like to hear more or you want to hear about something specific, please drop a comment um, in the comment box. Otherwise, uh, my next episode is going to be on content creation for um, nutrition coaching. Have a great day. Thanks for joining me on this episode of the Atomic Nutrition Podcast. You can find more information about the Atomic Coaching System at getatomiccoaching.com. And if you found value in this episode, please make sure to like and subscribe. Happy coaching. Reset.